ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to. Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's. Yeah. What you know about Monday, November 14th. I, love I, I would say uh, we have winter weather here, and we do. I would say we have December weather, but I know where we live. So this, even to me, isn't that surprising that it snowed pretty damn hard on Saturday. It did. It was a little annoying, a little exciting, a little bit like, here we go. Mm. Um, but this is Ohio, so like we still could very well have like... T-shirt weather just for Black Friday, and yep. then no snow for Christmas. Sorry, kids. It's possible, yeah, yeah, likely. Uh, I want to. <laughs> this wasn't on on the uh, the sheet to get to. And we'll say Black Panther stuff for last. Sure. Um, I am. I am. So I have Taylor Swift tickets to give away on the radio show. I all this saw week. that. You have to be listening for a different song each day. I have gotten several messages asking me. Uh, for the phone number to the station, I'm not going to answer those questions because <laughs> you should know it. If you can't, that's unfair. If you can't find it, yeah, I, 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 that bothers me. I got you. It's not even that like some people don't even know where I work or are confused. Mm-hmm. I I get that, but if you can't, if you know where I am and can't can't figure out the phone number, I don't know what to tell you. And also, that might be a little bit unfair, like special privileges where someone that doesn't know you. <laughs> Is having to, you know what I mean? Is having to like, not to say that these people aren't also going to listen diligently to then find out when they need to call, and then they just call with the number you provided them. But even then, that might give them a little small leg up. And you're pretty serious about that because I called one day, I think, to win something, and I, you I didn't. That. Do you remember that? I, didn't know I that called. Was you. I just so happened to be listening, and I called. You didn't know it was me, and then you didn't let me win, even though you didn't know it was me. I didn't even realize I was going to call in. And I'm like, you know what? Let me call. Let me call in. And it was hilarious. And you're like, no, you don't get to win anything. I'm not employed by Cumulus. I can win. You but can. But I, ca- I cannot. I, <laughs> I was just... You're very serious about these things is what I'm saying. I Well, when you called that time, I was so stunned that you did. You threw me <laughs> you off my were. game. Like, that Alex. Was, that Alex who? so Hi, funny. It's <laughs> like, who else do you have in your life that is an Alex that is also a best friend of yours? And you're like, oh, hang up. <laughs> I I expect a lot of people that I know will try to win and might yeah. win this week. And it might wind up looking bad. But I'm pretty fair when it comes to this when stuff. When is this concert? June 10th of next year. Oh, okay. Here's the other thing. The consol- In Detroit? Yeah, at mm. Ford Field. The consolation prize, kind of. After I give away the Taylor tickets. Um, and... So the Wild the Streams is today, Bad Blood is tomorrow, um, and I'm going to play it all different times during the show, but the consolation prize, like after I give them away and air the phone call, we'll do another call or 10 for pink tickets. Nice. And I heard Lizzo is coming to Cleveland this summer. Makes sense. But I think Cleveland might be too far for the show. She was here. She was here. In Detroit in October, I think. Wasn't I think that long so. ago? I missed it. I'm like, I feel like I need to get back into concerts. I don't give them an, I don't, we talked about this. Like we don't, I don't drop money for concerts, but I feel like I should. It's expensive. I don't want to call another radio station to win tickets though. I'm going to call this one. By all means, call who we, call, call who you want. I'm not on the payroll for those that would like to know. You are not. Um, okay. So the one serious thing, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about this, I think over, over text on, on Friday. So when... Um, we all left the movie on Friday night, it, uh, Thursday night. It was 10 o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. My dad and I are driving and Josh and our friend Belinda were, were somewhere following us because we all live in the, the same general vicinity. Mm-hmm. And um, the overpass before 475 and airport, there was uh, a vehicle, some kind of, it was a sheriff, mm-hmm. racing across the overpass, came down on the 475 northbound and was driving a lot slower than I expected for someone in a hurry. Um, and they arrived to the overpass of airport, airport going over 475, and there were a lot of emergency vehicles. Uh-oh. I figured, my, my assumption was, um, on, on that road, like, it connects, like, uh, the old Navy spot and the gas station to, like, what, what is essentially Spring Meadows, so, to, to draw that picture. Mm-hmm. There's, I've never seen an accident. There's no reason to have a car accident there. I've seen many. Really? Yeah. On that overpass? Yeah. How? Um, usually fender benders, so people probably not paying attention, and then they ram into the back of another car. Okay, makes sense, but not like needing six or seven emergency vehicles. 
I, saw, I mean, last year I saw a big, there was like a multi-car fender bender. There was like five of them. Okay. But no, other than that, no. Like, this was a serious situation. Wow. My hypothesis was I often see people walking across that road, mm, which is not safe. I was wondering what you were getting at. Now yeah. I got. Now so I, I know. I figured somebody got hit. Uh, it was far. It it was in the same realm of that. We found that the next day, Josh was in intent to find out what happened. So mm-hmm. his sleuthing turned out. There was a veteran, and mm. I'm sure this was... This is to be expected. This is not surprising. And I'm sure the day, the next day, tied directly into this. A veteran, I don't know what the specifics of it were, but th- that veteran was planning to jump off that bridge, I'm assuming, for, to, to attempt a suicide. Um, that ver- could, Jumping off that bridge would not kill you. The only way you would have... It's not that high of... But I think the but the that part of the highway is one of the busiest, and I think oh, that yeah. was the attempt. Like that that it, was I was getting to that. Like jumping off of it, yeah. onto the highway, not going to kill you. No, maybe a broken leg or something. The intent to die would have led to him likely killing someone else. And you know my th- feeling on yeah. this. Kill your look. If you're going to go through with it, do it in your own place. Don't bring other people into it. One emotionally, so that they have to endure something like that, and two. Ha- had you jumped onto someone's vehicle to hit you, you very well could have killed them too. Yeah, that that could have been really ugly. I mean, my like our minds go, and I know your mind goes there as well. But I like my mind immediately goes to because that's such a violent way to want to take your life, and we know statistically men do take their lives in more violent means. But just like you, the intent is clearly to get like mauled by a car because yeah. we know that you're not gonna, you know, the, the jumping off that bridge. I, isn't likely going to take your life unless maybe that was the intention because they maybe lived close in the vicinity or they had made their mind up close to that area and they said you know what this is just how it's going to happen but I can't imagine what was going through this this veteran's mind in that moment to feel like this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right now like just the despair alone like I feel the heaviness, you know, so I yeah. cannot imagine how heavy that must have been for them. I mean, that's awful. I really, I do know that I, I read that story and I saw that they had gotten him. I think it's a he. Yeah. They did say they had gotten him to the appropriate help. Um, I know that there's a recovery facility not far from there, like walking distance. Um, so there's kind of like sober living resources right there. So I, they could have very well been somebody struggling with that too. But it. God awful. And and it could have been so ugly, like because it is such a busy part of the highway. So you could have caused a domino effect that you would not have wanted. It was pretty quiet that time of night, though. Like he would have had mm-hmm. to target a specific vehicle and time yeah. it to its uh, to its arrival there. The I've yeah, uh, it's ironic, but not ironic because Sean Hegarty at 13 had just done a story the day before about uh, one specific veteran kind of speaking for many veterans mm-hmm. who have struggled to get mental health assistance oh from the my VA. God. So bad. It's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. And if you couldn't put two and two together and it's weird that we have days like this at the end of the week, but Friday was Veterans Day and I'm mm-hmm. quite certain uh Veterans Day was tied to this personal this person's em- sure. emotional demeanor at the time. I have some veterans in my life and they don't one specifically and he doesn't really talk about his experience in the military. It was very short, but it was very serious. It was during a major war and it wasn't like he wasn't working in the kitchen, you know, during that war Mm -hmm. and him and his um, fellow veterans, like they've lost some people to suicide and they have a really close group and it's kind of like, don't ask about it. Don't, you know, just let them do what they do and support each other. And it's just, I can't, I just, so I remember that open, that really opened my eyes to it. Um, and learning about just learning the very little that they would allow me to learn. So I, it probably did have some ties. It's just, it's just sad. And it, it reminds it. I don't think people consider that as much of a crisis as they would if you're somebody with a serious heart condition and then you have to wait four weeks to see a cardiologist, you could die in those four weeks. Leslie Jordan, in fact, did. So Leslie Jordan died from a heart condition that caused him to go into have a car accident when he had scheduled an appointment with a cardiologist. Who's that? He was the comedian. He's the short white guy that um, he's part of the LGBTQ community. Um, He died a couple weeks ago and I was really sad about it because I really enjoy him. And then learning that he had had 
a medical emergency that caused him to crash his car that then killed him when he was waiting for an appointment with a cardiologist. I, I envision it the same thing. Like some of these veterans are dealing with such significant mental distress. They can't wait months to see a, a therapist mm-hmm. or a psychiatrist. Like this is awful. Luckily in our area, we have services like Zeph Crisis where they can go to that while they wait. But it's still it's still really sad. Yeah. Scary situation. Thankfully, mm-hmm. um, heroic people stepped in and yeah. could. Uh, Hopefully they're CIT trained. Or or will now go get CIT trained. Yeah, I mean there, there were plenty of, of vehicles there, yeah. so I'm glad that they were, and and I'd, I'd like to talk to some of those people to see how they went about the situation what because that that, like that's them. real life, and mm-hmm. I think that kind of real life is ten times scarier than what you might see on TV. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing what that person may have been through wherever they were, mm-hmm. it, it was probably fifty times worse than what we see in TV and movies, and that's why that person is the way they were. That could be a really good opportunity, a learning opportunity too, because I wonder if uh, I had to. I imagine it was a bystander that that did take that initiative and call nine one one because not everybody Hopefully. does. Not everybody does. I mean, a fair amount of people probably drive past and like, is that what I think it was? And then keep going, and then other people drive past. And they're like, what's this dude doing? And then you have the few people that drive past and either stop or like, I'm calling 911 right now. Uh, Thankfully, as we talk about often, um, there's a lot of mental health talk now. People Mm -hmm. are embracing it more than ever before. I have not come across anybody who has taken the stance that I have. And I think I'm going to try to own this more of if you're going to kill yourself again. Do it alone. Don't bring other people into it. I cannot, I can't scream that loud enough. You're right. A lot of people don't have that stance. And I think you have to do it gently, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yep. It's a very like Dave Chappelle-ish stance of yours. Because I think that there's some people that can't see past. I'm, I, it's not, I think, I know. Like when you are in a place where you are then suicidal and you you have a plan, you can't see past your own impulses in that moment. And sometimes people just do things that put other people at risk and it's not their intention, but they're so deep in their darkness that that's all they see. Go take your life in the privacy of your own home. Um, Or don't at all. I mean, if it comes to taking your life quietly and privately versus potentially causing emotional or physical damage or mm-hmm. and killing someone mm-hmm. uh the former please yeah and well and i know your stance you're not saying something i don't want you to kill yourself but if we can't stop you right but you're speaking f- from experience and that you have had those feelings before and so you're not someone that's just talking from the outside without knowing what somebody is feeling like in those moments well and i also have talked to and you have as well talked to plenty yeah. of people who have suffered the loss of suicide of someone in their life. Yeah. And you're talking about a lot of people who probably maybe just found the person Mm -hmm. or they were dead at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's painful. But to go through it and not know the person Mm -hmm. and you may or may not uh, survive something like this. And then if you do survive it, how do you live? Like you're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life. And that's, that's if you survive. I, I mean, I know that we're going to move on from this topic, but just to give people some insight, I will never forget. It's still a very vivid memory. And I'm 32 years old. There was a young man that I went to school with who was a grade above me. I want to say I was maybe in the second grade, maybe in the second grade. And somehow it had gotten around that he had his father was a police officer his father was a white male police officer and he was a single father and um, his dad killed himself and he walked in and saw his dad um, I think he was he had hung himself I'm not sure I don't I don't remember the details but I remember he walked in and saw his dad found his dad he did and so I was I had to have been in the second grade so he was no older than the third grade and I just remember how disturbed he was after that for the rest of our and I had again I was in the second grade and so I knew him all the way up to eighth and ninth grade I don't know where he is now Um, I often think about him but I just at that young age I remember quite clearly how badly it had affected him that he had walked in and found his dad's body and how different he was in school after that like how isolated he was how how his personality changed how dark and disturbed he had gotten i'll never I, like i will never forget and i yeah. was so young i was so young and he was so young and i i still will never forget that in the same way that homicide victims leave other victims mm-hmm. suicide leaves other victims as well um where else did I want to go next? 
Um, I think I'm going to make this an annual thing, asking people about their dumb Carhartt hats. And I just want people to answer. <laughs> I just want people to answer me honestly. I just want them to answer. And I have. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. And I want to see if you can come up with anything. Sure. What can you think of that has become purely fashion, much less function? I have one other example, but I think this speaks to that because plenty of hats are warm. Purely fashion, less function. But And, and same thing, like they wear it because it's cool, even though they'll never admit it. Does it have to be... Um... I, I feel like Carhartt is a perfect example. I don't think I have another one. I don't think I have another example. I think Carhartt is fantastic. But I but I do think it's still equally worn for function. Like I think it depends on where you live. I do think like Thomas wears Carhartt for function. Um I get him Carhartt Carhartt stuff for its function, but I also wear it mm. in <laughs> in return because one it's comfortable. So I wear it like so I will wear it around the house, but also I tend to describe my style as very so sometimes I can dress in men's clothes at for style. So I wear a lot of his like flannels and I, stuff. I'm not dismissing the validity of its function. Yeah. But I would say m- many many people don't mm-hmm. do not buy it strictly for that. The two examples I can think of um Chuck Taylor's aka Converse. I was going to say Converse. Which were when when my dad was growing yeah. up like the basketball shoe. No one's playing basketball in them anymore. Carl did. Carl played basketball up into college, and he wore Chuck when, Taylors. When was this? Eighties, the eighties. Okay. Forty years ago now, thirty-five yeah. years. Carl was twenty when I was born, twenty-two, so late eighties. The other thing is, which came around about ten years or so ago, also an, an athletic thing, which is where I have a, a large deal of my knowledge. Um, when players like Kevin Durant and others started wearing tights. Under their shorts. Mm, mm, um, compression pants. Yes, which uh-huh. makes a lot of functional sense to keep your muscles warm. You at the gym not doing anything with your legs. Yeah, it's just it's, cute. It's to look. It's yeah. just cute. And I wish more people, I get it, not everybody is candid as forthcoming as I am, but be honest with yourself. It could be, I don't know, I'm not a man, so I like your, your elephant trunk, it could be to help hold it in. No? <laughs> Then, then, That's the best way I could describe it. Then I hope when you go someplace now where you see people in athletic attire, maybe you, if maybe your eyes are honing in harder on the people with compression pants, or or less because there's nothing, there's nothing distracting you because it's it's compressed, it's held in there. You know, like I've had to tell Thomas, I've had to turn him around a couple times from wearing gray sweatpants outside of the house and not wearing not wearing something to like. I'm like, bro, do you not see that? Do you see that? The argument is, did he or did he not? Because some people do, and they still go out anyway. They like the little attention they get. Where then you have a wife like me, and I'm like, no, turn around and go put something else on. Men men can be, what's the word I'm looking for? Salacious as women can be. They can be, and they, I mean, they don't, some of them probably won't admit it. Um, but yeah, absolutely they can be. One more, one more parade thing, and I texted you this. And I'm just like often aware of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of waving at the parade on on Saturday. Waving that you were doing. Waving back and forth. It mm-hmm. was it was reciprocal. Like if I saw like a kid eyeing me, I like I made sure to wave. I had a much better attitude about this year's parade than than last year. Where I didn't want to be there. We waited in line for two hours. It, <laughs> like I didn't even roll the window down. I feel bad. I wish I would have went with you. But you had Mia, right? I did invite you to come. You did. No, that's why I say I feel bad. I wish I would have went. Um, went faster than I expected, but I think it was, it was attitude is everything. But I, I was, it, it was at least in my mind, the Sesame Place incident from over the summertime, where one of the characters got got in serious trouble for for apparently dismissing and ignoring black kids and oh, waving to more white kids. What are you talking about in Florida? <laughs> no, this was out in the back where I live. Sesame Place, like outside of Philadelphia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then the same thing happened in Florida with another character. It, it might have been afterwards where people were like, those characters really weren't waving at and, me. And like looked right past the little Mexican yes. girl and hugged the little white girl. Yeah. Did, that didn't happen. No, That's I, what you were thinking about, though. Yeah, but I think I was pretty balanced. 
I think it was pretty balanced. Okay, but what was the crowd like? I don't know. Like, you know, I, I avoid parades like anything. Uh, There's a lot of people out there. Is it bigger or smaller than before? The only other observation I had, this is where the Carhartt hat came from. Um, there may have been others, but mm-hmm. the only ones I saw, Spider-Man was everywhere. Really? Kids of all kinds. They kids love Spider-Man. Yeah. They do. I don't if I don't know if it's because of his like ability to jump around like a gymnast that they love and they're at that age where they want to do flips and tricks cuz right now Colin and Andrew flip off the flip off the couch for fun. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. Look. look Could look, be look, wrestling look. too. Maybe. Um and he's a close version of a wrestler besides the Hulk. For his sheer outfit, it's. I mean, there's a reason Spider-Man has has existed forever. It's it's a, it's a good character. The kid, the the, the Peter Parker, man, the Peter Parker, um, yeah. is is relatable to kids. The colors, and here I liked him because um, he kissed MJ upside down. The Spider-Man, kiss. I'm such a mess. <laughs> well, that's good though that you had a nice time at the yeah. parade. There is another couple things I wanted to ask you, but I can't see where they were. Uh, we can go right to uh, to Black Panther. I'm going to tell Spoilers you. Spoilers ahead. Yes, but I have I have four things, and I will I will give you the thing uh, that I was disappointed about. Okay. I mean, the movie was excellent. Yeah. But but I have a I found that there's a line in the sand for me that that is that is. Hard for me to get through. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed that the second Rihanna song was not what I was expecting, and it was another mid-tempo, lift-me-up kind of ballad. There was another Rihanna song? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was either during the mid-credit scene, it was sometimes after the movie or at the very end of the movie, and it was just like the first single, Lift mm, Me Up. I would not have... That's terrible, the fact that I didn't even notice. Yeah. Because I do think, and I said this, I texted this to you, I think it was on a weekend though, so we didn't talk about it. She sound, Her voice sounds different. She doesn't even sound like the Rihanna that left us uh, years ago, left music to do her, her Fenty-verse stuff. So it... Like, she doesn't even sound the same, so I almost don't recognize her, which is probably why I didn't even notice. And also, I think the rollout of new Rihanna music has, it like, this wasn't smart. It, was it smart for her to be on Black Panther? Absolutely. But was it smart for them to roll out ballads when Beyonce mm. is having her moment with Renaissance and Cozy? No. That Cuff It song is like the ninth best song on that Cuff album. It. I'm sorry, Cuff It. That's what I meant. Uh, but the aside from that, and this wasn't one of my four points, the music in it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I am was I knew the artists' um, voices, but mm-hmm. I couldn't match them up with the songs. But yeah, the second Rihanna song was called "Born Again," and it was at the very end of the movie. Uh, no, I totally missed that. I actually thought it was the the lift me up that was playing I I didn't even I mean I was such I was in such an emotional trance that I probably didn't that might have also been why I didn't notice but um it's funny you bring up the music so Thomas loves music and so he swears by Shazam the app mm-hmm. and he was like holding it up during the movie he was like yeah going like I, this. and I'm like hun they make soundtracks you don't need to Shazam it just go to the soundtrack and he's like shut up <laughs> Like, you know, we were he's just like, fuck you. You don't know what I, you're talking about. <laughs> I would have done the same thing if my theater wasn't packed. Because, like I said, I heard this. I, I was like, that's Sway Lee. And so is that one. And then that one. And then. Yeah. But it was it was good. I, I'm guessing you love the movie. I did love the movie. The, our theater was also packed. But my sister-in-law sat on. Thomas sat on one side and my sister-in-law sat on the other. And I thought about this. Again, unrelated. I'm just going on rants. Is it the job of the girlfriend or the wife or the fiance to always sit in the uncomfortable spot while the man gets to sit in the comfy spot? Thomas gets to sit at the end every time we go to a movie and I have to sit on the inside, potentially sharing a seat with another person. When we're on an airplane, guess who sits in the middle and who gets the window seat? Thomas gets the window seat and I sit in the middle. What is that? Is that just my function to make him comfortable from now on? One. He overrides me? Possibly. Two, maybe this this should have been a, a better discussion or a discussion you needed to have before you got married. I guess so. What the what the hell? Anyway, um, it was. I thought it was fantastic. I loved the music. I'm going to tell you some things that I didn't like that I was a little bummed about. I uh, spoilers because all we've talked about is music so far. So like, exit now if you haven't seen it. Three seconds. One, two, three. Why would they kill Angela Bassett? Why? You can't get rid of Chadwick and Angela. Like, I feel like, because then we're just left with 
other like main and important characters, but no anchor characters. Like, are there any anchor characters in this series in this movie? Shuri. And I, I think I don't think Shuri is an anchor. I think Shuri is not well known enough, like worldwide. You mean the actress or the character? The actress. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. The actress. I love Shuri. Um, but I am disappointed because I almost feel like they're doing the actress a disservice by not having any, like, I guess you could always bring in your main, you know, more anchor characters. I, sure. I'm referring to the famous ones as anchors, but. I This movie, as many often are, because yeah. you're not a superhero unless somebody important dies in your life. But I thought it was. A juxtaposition of grief, like somebody who died in real life and they had to rewrite the movie for. But then also, all that she had left, because she lost her dad, Mm -hmm. she lost her brother, Mm -hmm. uh, all that she had left was her mom. Mm -hmm. And to put her over the edge to finish up the hero's journey was her mom dying. And without that, she might have never found that inner strength to take on this, uh, this, this foe that... They said it in the movie, but also outside or outside of it, that, that Namor is as strong and as potent as the Hulk or Thor. So I, I thought that part was was well done. But I just thought it was short lived. Like if that was going to be, if you created such a if like such a moment by taking away her mom, and then her vengeance was only lived that much. You know what I mean? Like maybe ending the movie with Shuri, with us feeling really uncomfortable with where her direction was going, but she clearly turned it back around by not mm-hmm. not, taking, not killing him, not killing him. So it was it was really short lived. Um, like I I remember when what was it Endgame or the one before Infinity War where we left the movie all devastated. Like right. it could have been one of those moments. Th- this from the outset, I think. Well, after Chadwick died, this was a. I think this movie was about closure, and as mm. some things I had read leading into it, this was as closed as a Marvel movie was ever going to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess they ex- they succeeded in that because my dad enjoyed it, mm-hmm. never really having seen a Marvel movie before. Yeah. Um, and it was a fantastic, it was an excellent movie. It was. Um, I really like how they reimagined and modernized the character Namor. Because it was essentially, uh, if you... Soft you, porn. Was it? Okay, so I uh, I, I said I wanted to do horrifically, partially legal things to uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and you want to do the same too, I, Tenak Huerta. Oh my God. Like when he made his... So I, shame on me for coming into this film having no idea what the plot was. No clue. I mean, normally for a Marvel movie that I've been very much... I've just been so distracted with life that I didn't even... I mean, we waited for Endgame. I was like, Endgame is in three months. Endgame is in two months. Like, I was ready. Where it was kind of like, oh, Black Panther is this week. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, what? I have something to look forward to this week. We're going to go see Black Panther. And, the, like, leading up to that week, I didn't even think about it. Shame on me, right? Yes. Because I did thoroughly, thoroughly You're going to get a letter. <laughs> like, what is happening to me? But I did thoroughly enjoy it. But I had no idea what this... I mean, I knew that this... The only thing I knew was that they were going to do something about... Chadwick dying like mm-hmm. you know and there being no Black Panther that was all I knew I had no idea who the villains were going to be in this film mm-hmm. and I was very excited I was like when I like my I think that might have been what I enjoyed most is the characters that they brought in the new the new society the new nation that no one knew about and like who they were, how they lived, the fact that they were underwater, because I love Aquaman, so I love water versus, mm-hmm. um, I think because as a child, I wanted to be a, like a fish woman, not a mermaid, like a fish woman. And so I loved that. But then when he made his entrance, again, Michelle was sitting next to me. And I love, I love my husband because he lets me make comments about people in this way without feeling bad about himself or like I'm allowed to be like that is a good looking man it's only because it's not touchable no it's because I love him so much and he knows I would never but like you'll never have the chance so that means something (laughs) damn it sorry so Michelle and I at the same time it was one of those like my sister-in-law Michelle was sitting right next to me and we both were like and then look back at the theater when he rose from that water while they were trying to have that ritual um I was like, who is this? And I was just 
for the rest of the film. He could have done no wrong. I think the only thing that upset me the most and Thomas like laughed about it. I was mad that they were fighting each other. And he was yeah. like, because you wanted them to join forces and fight the white man, didn't you? And I said, I did. I was so mad that they were fighting each other. I'm like, excuse me, you. it was such a basic little girl Disney princess moment for me where I'm like, I wanted them to get married and join their join their nations together. You'll have that chance in a couple of years. Will I? Think. I? Yeah, I'll come back to, to plot I stuff. I love it. Yeah, he he was great. Um, I knew him because I watched the Narcos shows. And he the Narcos shows? In Narcos Mexico, he was. Oh, one I of, didn't watch that. One. He was one of the like the higher up henchmen. So oh, I was yeah. familiar with him, and I I'm not a Namor person. So I was okay with them changing a lot of the backstory, and I thought it was very well done. Ryan Coogler is obviously a fantastic um, filmmaker, but I really enjoyed his character. It's like Apex Dad Body because mm-hmm. they—I um, read his article in Men's Health, and they, the, the trainer or whoever it was, said I wanted to make him look like a swimmer. So they they did his training differently, and it was it, there were some really funny quotes. Ryan Coogler didn't know how to swim. And he had he wanted to learn so he can get in the water to do these shots. And when he asked Huerta um, if he knew how to swim, he said, "Well, I never drowned." So he too had to learn how to swim. So there were really really good stories leading up to the making of this movie. So we had it. We it was a joke when we when um, when uh, God I don't even know the the main character's name. Shame on me. The general, the the female general. Okoye? Yes. So when she fell into the water in Boston and um, Thomas turned and looked at me and I was like, shut up. Because it was like one of those like black people can't swim. And then Michelle looked over and was like, nope, that was just the savages in the U.S. that made it so black people can't swim. And we're like, that's just the U.S. thing. Like it's uh, there's black people in other countries that absolutely can swim and they we don't have that that narrative for them. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, that's true. But it. I don't know. I just loved every second of it. I I wouldn't say that he had a dad bod. I think he had a more advanced dad bod. Like I get what you're where you're going. He wasn't as chiseled right. as like Killmonger was. Right. But um, he, he definitely didn't have a dad bod. I think a dad bod's a little more round than that. Like like I said, the apex dad bod. Little little hangover. Right. But but it. I don't know. I just I loved the storyline behind their people and I just hated that they were fighting each other and they even ended it with the expectation that the fight's going to continue. Yeah. And so I'm a little sad about it. I hope we can turn it around um, so that they can join in the good guys. I don't know. I just, I just loved it. I loved every, like I found myself, I had to stop from being so tense in multiple parts of the movie, ran into Josh and Meniscus, by the way, on the way out. Oh. Josh and his wife. Um, and it was nice to talk to them. But um, I, like, found myself leaning forward. Like, you know how sometimes, like, sometimes I'm on my phone and I'm like this and I realize I've been like that for the last 30 minutes and so I put my head up or I sit back in the chair because I've been, like, hunched over like this in a really uncomfortable stance. Like, I had to unclench my body multiple times in this film. I had to, like, pick my jaw up because I'm just like, <gasps> the whole time, multiple times in this film. I loved it. Um, You saw Doctor Strange, right? Of course I did. So, the lead up to that was it was like Marvel's first horror movie. Or I knew that. See that I knew. Yeah, uh, and that was Sam Raimi, who I think mm-hmm. did the Evil Dead movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. There was none of that was that was scary. It was like that was like PG scary. I will say though that the beginning of this movie when they went after the vibranium machine and on the uh, the boat. Mm, that was sirens. that was horror. That was cool. That was so cool. I was like, "What is? Who are those fish people?" I didn't know. And like having them walk off the ship, and 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 then when they jumped up and they were blue and the feathers, and I knew very clearly that they were indigenous people. Like I knew right away. Like that was obvious to me that this was an indigenous tribal kind of nation. And I loved it. Like, I was just like, this is, I am here for it, for these two nations being, like, first men, first people. 
I, I don't know. I just loved it. I, I was here for the culture. For me, that part was scarier than anything or more terrorizing than it anything was. in Doctor Strange because they were they were so secretive. And I personally, like, there's a lot of things that people are and should be scared of. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be in deep water. Because yeah. you're done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Um, so I really liked how they set all that up. Um, what we, oh, uh, was there I, and I was surprised considering the magnitude of this movie one I didn't really get emotional um, mm-hmm. and that just might be me mm-hmm. or I was prepared for it and there were two gasps the Killmonger ancestral scene and then obviously the mid credits which was kind of predictable if you didn't think that he and Nakia didn't have sex well I have some, some snow in Alaska to sell you um, but I, <laughs> I wanted to cheer during the Shuri fight and Overall, our our theater was pretty quiet, and, I, and that surprised me. Yeah, the, I think that the yeah the theater was quiet. I think there was a couple, there was a couple. So my theater was full of black folks, like it was full of full of black people. I loved it, and there was a part where um, the the student had like there was a couple noteworthy moments where the student. Um, made a comment about black excellence and the whole theater was like, okay, come on. Like we were in church. And so it got really loud then. And then there was one part where people were trying to clap, but nobody really did. I can't remember when it was. I don't know. I loved Namor so much that I wasn't clapping. Like when she, when she won that, I was not like, yay, Shuri. Like, no, I did the, the most audible, and even myself, I was that person in the mid credit scene. I was not expecting that. I didn't get emotional really in the Chadwick moments. Like mm. there wasn't any moment. I think in the very beginning when the Marvel came. I had chills too for I, that. It was so silent. And it, when I realized it was just all Chadwick. Yeah. And it was like, dang, he's really gone. Like yeah. That was when I was I was closest and then I, I did have a moment where I said, what if Lupita has been gone the entire time because she did have a kid? And I, I had that moment and then it left me because there was so much other excitement happening in the film, so I forgot about it. And then when Shuri was having doing the ritual on her own and I saw um, Nakia holding the hand of someone, I was like, stop mm. it right now. Mm. And I said it out loud. Like everybody, like I was at the edge of my seat. Everybody was kind of putting their coats on and I was like, you stop it right now. I cannot. And then I started to cry. So like when you heard, I was like, I cannot. And then I like started to cry. And then I'm like, stop it. And then she said, you know, my name is Prince T'Challa. And I'm like, oh, no, you got me. You got me. I was going to, with pride, wear a badge that I hadn't cried that film until that scene. And then I was just a mess. I think it's being overlooked for obvious reasons, but I don't think anybody... Once they take a step back, they'll recognize the magnitude of female power in this movie was was at the forefront. At the at the when she was in front of the other nations and she like she is an Angela Bassett. That's why I was so angry that they took her from us. Like bring her back. Figure it out, Shuri. Because when she just that moment when it was like the United Nations or something and Wakanda was being questioned for having vibranium. And the way that she spoke, and then when she brought in, she goes, and, and f- you know, for the sake of your nation, I didn't kill your people. Here they are. And, like, she put France on notice. And I was just kind of like, <gasps> I loved every second of it. I did love the female. So, it like, the first film of Black Panther was very obviously pro-black and you Mm -hmm. felt pride in being who you were and coming from where you were coming from and a film being created in such a beautiful way and then the second film has a secondary feeling of pride and that it was women and we were so good so uh Queen Ramonda, uh, Mm -hmm. Okoye Mm -hmm. uh, her girl with the very pronounced cheekbones yes um Shuri, mm-hmm. and then you bring Riri into the fold. Riri. And because really the only male who did anything of, of aggression was Mbaku, Winston Duke's great character. Mm-hmm. And he was he, so funny. He, 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 said, he, he said, Why don't we just kill the fish man? Right. That's, <laughs> he put a tweet out or something. He was like, basically paraphrasing, I, I was there for humor. He was a comedic relief. Um, it was but great. He didn't really like add all heck of a lot to, to, no. to the fight. And 
And I think Daniel Kaluuya wasn't even in it. Yeah, he was not. He was not. Um, so I think that's getting overlooked. A little, and someone's talking about it somewhere. But that, that's like five strong ladies who drove this movie. I think the fact that it's going unnoticed is a good thing. So I it's, guess it's a good thing because or or is just the blackness and the the closure of Chadwick overshadowing it. Maybe, but also like the fact that it's not it's hard because when it's spoken about and we look forward to it, I I think it gets more criticism sure. like Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Lots of criticism. The way that this was done, it was just like an, an ordinary day. And I, that I loved because it's when it becomes something normal and it's not discussed or made a headline, that's when we know right. we've really made it. thousand percent. And I, think we, and I think in this moment they have successfully achieved it. And a lot of Phase 4 was a lot of women up, Nakia, too. Nakia front. really did. Nakia and, and what she did in her role. I mean, that's another that add that her to the list of women that, that kicked ass in mm-hmm. this film. Um. Okay, so I have two final things, okay. and, and I'm saving the bomb for the end. Mm. Uh, these movies are all fine. Mm-hmm. They're all. This was very good. Probably mm-hmm. my favorite one of what we've had since COVID gave allowed us to have movies back. Oh, and I saw a headline that said uh, the the movies are back. I'm like, no, you could have shown Black Panther on the side of a trash can, and people would have paid to see it. Yeah, or this movie, but Wakanda Forever. Um, I I just can't compare any of these movies to Infinity War and Endgame. Like mm-hmm. to me, they, they might as well be spoken in different languages, different universes. Like, yeah, I just can't compare anything to that. Yeah, I agree. I I think it, it's a different. Uh, in. I don't know. That's the World Series, and the rest is just like the earlier in the playoffs, home opener in the minors. And maybe, and maybe it's a product of COVID. Like, because I don't know. I knew, but like throughout the buildup, once they decided that like the Infinity Stones were coming, like Thanos was always looming, and I I enjoyed right. that. For the most part, people don't know what has been coming as they've either COVID obviously disrupted a lot of things, but I think. They were trying to figure out where they were going and what should be next, and then COVID interrupting things again. But also, I think that there was a lot of pressure from Disney to get those TV shows on the air, and it wouldn't matter necessarily what they were leading up to. So there was going to be some lack of cohesiveness, which I think we'll get back with um, with Ant Man and, and and our guy Jonathan. I think though that it also the Endgame and Infinity War had a lot of different universes. Like it's all Marvel universe, but we all they all operate as different films and different like they all have different um like film one and film two and film three storylines and everything was coming together in a way like that it was still I don't know, I don't it's like the all stars. You know what I mean? Like the NBA, everybody has opinions about the Cavs, but now the Cavs are playing in the. All- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know a good analogy for it. But it, it, there was something that made it, that separated it from everything else. It might also simply be. What's coming has always been there. We just haven't paid. We just didn't know what it was, as obviously as the everything before Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. With that said. There was, there was a leak, and I believe the video, like, very rough stuff. There was discussion that, because what people have wanted the next big bad. It's always going to be Kang, I think. But, and he can be on a level of Thanos. Like, Thanos, I think, I really think is, like, the current generation's Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, but up in that, in that same ballpark of bad guys is Doctor Doom. You know who that is, right? Green hood, metal suit, arch, arch, arch enemy. Who's supposed to play him? Do we already know this? No, we don't. Oh, who are your theories? He's the so he's the arch nemesis of the fan, Fantastic Four. Did, did you see those yes, first two movies? I do know. Okay. Yes. Okay. He Thank he you. is up there like with Thanos, one of the longest running villains. Great villain. Does magic sorcery, meshes science together. Great character, and he was one of the potential big bads. Always coming down the line. You weren't going to forget about him. There was some leaked raw footage. I'm going to say leaked because I think it was legitimate. Of him with his back turned um, and someone's talking to him. And it's easy to find now. And I think we knew leading up to this, it would be a big surprise that if that was actually included in this movie, which again, it was not. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anybody 
was telling the truth. Like, after Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, mm. you shouldn't believe anything that anybody from a Marvel movie tells you. We know this. But, but I, I believed if anybody was going to be truthful, it was Ryan Coogler saying, we're just wrapping this up. This is this is pretty much standalone as, as you can get. Mm-hmm. It's a goodbye to Chadwick, and we're not going to muddy the waters. With, with extra stuff. Yeah. I wish they would have done some CGI of Chadwick in some way. Like, nah, just shown him in a casket or let something. Let it lay. Let it lay. Literally. So sorry, that was was that too much? No. <laughs> I will say, and even the co-producer, the the person working with Cooper, Nate Moore, has said there was never any way we were going to put Doctor Doom in this, and I forget what his reason was, but I say bullshit. Part of that that early Doctor Doom thing, and I know this is super nerdy, but I'll, I'll pull you in and, and you. Thank you. You see my eyes glazing over. Got it. Um. There was uh, there was talk that Doctor Doom was behind the creation of the conflict between Namor and Wakanda. Interesting. That's his kind of behind the scenes pulling, and that's what again we have not gotten to with all this. And Nate Moore said absolutely nothing. Now again, this is where I'm going to call the bullshit meter, and you can go back to things with the mm-hmm. way script is written. Mm-hmm. How did that thing wind up in the ocean? Do you well, remember? It was Riri created it. And Why did she do that? So, because somebody was trying to. Who? I want. I thought it was the U.S. government. Where in the what? ocean was it? Did they say? I don't know, but that, that's not where I'm going. Remember, there was a specific reason she made it. She thought she was making it for something school related. She had she I remember her saying I had nothing to do with who used it after I created it for yep, yep, yep. for what I did. But who made her create it? What what was why she dug in and I think she said she made it in 6 weeks. Mm. I believe she said it was her teacher or a professor who challenged her and couldn't believe she, she could She did. She did. Yeah, I remember that. I will say that her professor her professor or teacher's name was Victor as in Victor Von Doom. He, Interesting. He manipulated her to cause the conflict. Who is going to play Victor Von Doom? I want to know. The rumor that was attached to that that video that was leaked was Ryan Gosling. Really? I can't see him as a as like a Thanos level villain. I cannot. We need someone else with bass in their voice. We just do. We do. I don't know. I it, and I, I we think, need a big fella. Do you? We do. Well, we'll see, because the Fantastic Four are going to fight somebody. And and once I lined all that up, once she said... Sorry, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Once I lined all that up, that her, her teacher challenged her, this nebulous, faceless teacher uh-huh. challenged her uh-huh. and manipulated her. I'm like, well, that's what the... And look, I, they're never truthful in, in the moment, but yes, I'm saying Victor... Victor Dr. Doom was, in the, was born in this movie. Can I also... Okay, so... My part to add, thank you for setting all that up for me because I think it gives me something to look forward to that I would not have known because I am like, it's like Game of Thrones. Like, I don't read the books. I watch the films. Mm -hmm. Um, But one piece of humor that I actually really loved that I think no one understood unless you were a black girl was the jokes between Riri and Shuri and the general, her name... Okoye. Okoye. Now I'm going to remember it. Okoye. the jokes that they had, I can be subtle. I can blend in, and the jokes about her foundation yeah. is very specific to uh, what your head's too ashy. Because so her initial, she was so insecure about it because besides Fenty, and she was using Fenty foundation. So they said Fenty. They mentioned Fenty in this, like in this moment. Um, a lot of dark-skinned women have trouble finding foundation that that blends in with their skin appropriately because they're usually like white scientists that are making it. Mm-hmm. It's not in- inclusive, and so it was really funny the jokes and just the the black girl banter was just like on display. And I am in the theater dying, like laughing so hard in these moments, and I found myself laughing alone. Like, I was in a theater full of black folks, but I really found I was getting them as the banter was hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting, but I found myself in multiple points laughing alone. And one point, Michelle was like, what is she talking about? And I was like, she said her foundation is ashy, because a lot of black people 
especially of her complexion, can't find good foundation for themselves. And it's so, and she's like, oh, she's covering up her, her tattoos, which I know they're not called tattoos, but that's the best word I have for them right now. And I said, yes, she is. It was, I loved, I loved it. I loved the banter. I loved it so much. And it was like on display at this level. It was great. Along the lines of those jokes, I like when she bailed out Ross and was like, oh, the colonizers are in chains. <laughs> I, I like that they specifically the, yes. marginalize him and Martin, what's his last name? Martin Freeman uh-huh. plays the character so well. And yes. uh, I will tell you, so... Um, he doesn't take offense to it. It's actually a really good example yeah. of how to respond to that in, in the real world. Um. This all sets up, so are you familiar with the Thunderbolts movie that's coming out? No. It's kind of like Marvel's Suicide Squad. The only Thunderbolt I know is the dog cartoon. I don't know that one. That's cute. So the Thunderbolts is like Marvel's Suicide Squad. Oh, I think I might have heard about that. Um, Harrison Ford was just cast for the guy that died, William Hurt. It reminds me of the one guy that played... uh... Never mind. Continue. Um... So I'm fairly certain in that Thunderbolts movie, and this has been hinted at all along, and this will tie it all together, and this is where we can wrap up what you saw at the end of the movie, Wakanda and Talokan, as the Thunderbolts come for the Vibranium, who are led by uh, the Julie Louise Dreyfus character. Didn't I, I don't think I liked her. And I couldn't, I couldn't. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't, but I, I don't know if that was a good casting either. Like, I don't. I was like, really? Because you're Elaine. Ju- is, huh? You're Elaine. That's what, all you are. What do you mean? Julia Louise Drive is, is Elaine. Oh. It would be like casting Jerry Seinfeld or something. You're Jerry. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. I guess. I mean, who would I pick in that role besides her? I'm not sure. I just, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet. I, I, we'll see. I don't know if I was a fan of her. And then that was his wife. It ended up being his ex-wife. Ex-wife. Which, which, is, which was funny. I loved I Yeah, I agree. I loved it. I loved it. I was drooling over Black Panther. I want to see it again. I think yeah. in the end I said, I think I need to see this again. I know I'm going to because my mom wants to go. Um, but I, I was like, I can't wait until I can watch this in my living room in the comfort of my home a couple times. <laughs> like I'm excited. And that's it. We're done. I'm hungry. Go get some food. I don't have my wallet. Do I have to loan you some money? No, I'm going to go get Thomas. He's ready to go. You have gas to get there? I'll use his big, big daddy pockets. Okay. Okay.